Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. We are three super fans and each week we watch and discuss an episode. So please join us. Today we're going to be discussing season five, episode four. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. And a reminder that this week's episode deals with infant mortality, attempted suicide and miscarriage. So if those topics are ones you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In this week's episode, we meet Ian Bulmer and Linda Lanyard. They are a young couple in love and Ian has just got the good news that he has been accepted to university. Ian's excitement quickly is stifled with some complicated news. Linda is pregnant. Both families find out and the pressure is on Ian to propose and stay in Poplar, working at the same factory as his future father-in-law. Ian is heartbroken, and Tom, who helped him get into the university in the first place, counsels him. When Linda goes for her first checkup at clinic, Trixie discovers something concerning. Linda is having a miscarriage. Trixie cares for her, and she takes Linda and Ian's mother home, only to find Tom breaking in after smelling gas and being worried that Ian has made a terrible choice. After much discussion and thought, Linda and Ian end the engagement, and Ian makes plans to return to university. Next, Sister Julian takes on a temporary role serving at St. Cuthbert's for the week. And while there, she sees the vast difference of working in a hospital. When Ruby Cottingham is admitted, Sister Julian steps in and is part of the team that performs a C-section to deliver her baby. Everyone is upset when they see the baby has been born with severe deformity. Sister Julianne promised Ruby she would look after the baby once it was born, but when she finds it left exposed in the sluice room, she is shocked. She comforts the baby in its last minutes, but it does not survive. Both the hospital and Dr. Turner and Sheila are mystified by this trend in birth defect, but it is Sister Julianne who must care for Ruby and deliver the terrible news. 
Last, Barbara and Tom begin to struggle as the secrecy of their relationship puts a strain on Barbara and Trixie's friendship. Girls, just to say, we have returned to top form in terms of absolutely so heartbreakingly sad episodes of Call the Midwife that will just make you cry and like existentially feel terrible about everything about... Although, can I just say, shout out for the name Linda Lanyard. (laughs) I love the name. I Same. know, she sounds like the girlfriend of a superhero. It's like very, Linda like, Lanyard. Pepper- yeah. yeah, it's very like Pepper Potts uh, energy right there. I loved it. Oh man, this one really this one really broke my heart like so oh, many times. Oh, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And, like, so predictable. Yeah. yeah. Just like layers of sad stuff too. Like, it's like, oh, you think it's happy? No, it's sad. Wait, it's going to get sadder. Oh wait, no, it gets even sadder. I mean, it. Are you feeling and, all like, right? stay there because you're not gonna yeah. in a second <laughs> oh my god no it's just amazing yikes. i mean still that we're not complaining we love it but oh, oh no goodness. it was it was a really beautiful episode but i mean my cryometer was just absolutely off the charts <laughs> this week i mean i was just like you know they, i was like a cartoon with just tears like pouring out of me like you know the whole time oh man do you know what i did love about linda is that she was lovely with her mother-in-law which you don't always get i know you do I like that too yeah. Well, also, her mother had died, hadn't she? So she was like a mother, um, her mum, really, because they'd obviously they'd been together since primary school, haven't they? He didn't, I... he, he didn't choose it. He didn't choose her. They chose each other in their first, yeah, yeah first day of inf- mixed infants. <laughs> the other, the other thing I loved was the opening scene, really, where um, Sadie's royal collection of cups and plates. I thought you might like that. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, Becky is well into the royal family and loves all that kind of stuff, the plates and things I'm like that. Don't you? With it, yeah. Yeah, that's so, that's very Bex. Uh, I'm feeling Sadie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love the name Sadie as well. Also, I liked it when he, so they had, uh, so Ian, they, at first, obviously, before they found out she was pregnant and everything, Ian was, they were waiting for the post. And Ian was talking about, you know, they were waiting for the post to see if he was going to get into university. And he was doing poetry. And I'm not going to lie. Him just doing poetry just gave me the ick. I was like, um, <laughs> but um, they, they found out that he did get into Durham, which is a really good university. And it is a good friend, university. But she was like, first in the street. Well done, son. <laughs> like it was like this massive deal because he was first in the street. Yeah, he was getting a liberal arts degree like back when it actually meant something and you could like have a good career off of it. Yeah. Well, my, so I my grandma being like, your your dad was the first in the street. That was a thing here as well. Really? Your dad yeah. your dad was like Ian, like the first one to go to university. Yeah, he was the first in the family and he was the first in the street. Wow. That's really something, Al. Yeah. I was the second in... No, I wasn't because his brother went. So I was the third in the family to graduate university. Wow. Wait, your brother went to university too, though, right? Didn't graduate. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, anyways, we're just going to speed right through that one. Um... I hope he doesn't listen to our podcast. He's, he's a very he's a very happy and successful he's person, a very so. accomplished exactly yeah yes there, there there's no university degree, degree that is needed to you know he's in a great place yes um, and but i do also, apologize if you can hear a really bad i don't know if that's going to come up in the edit but um my daughter's got for a birthday this week she got a pedometer kind of thing like a fitbit and she's now jumping on the spot upstairs to try and get it to do to her mouth. Just heard her. So I do apologize. <laughs> oh my gosh. She asked for a pedometer for her birthday. She asked for a hat that you drink drinks out of, you know, like the beer hats with the straws. <laughs> like she for guys for, at football games. She asked for and a stuff. Fitbit, one of those hats. She asked for a chocolate fountain and she asked for a foot spa. I don't think she's a normal six year old. <laughs> oh my gosh. Although you no know kids what? love Fitbits, they're obsessed with them. 
Yeah, and they and kids ask for the most random presents. I remember I babysat for my cousin for a super long time when she was growing up. She's now like nineteen, which like Let's we can't even discuss yeah. it. But I remember it was like she was in maybe I want to say like second or third grade, so like seven eight years old. And one of the things she asked for, I don't remember if it was her birthday or Christmas, but one of one of the gifts that she wanted was a dozen red roses. <laughs> so sweet she wanted red roses for her for her present and I just I'll never forget it I just remember being like okay I just there's something about that that does sound like something mine yeah like the the gifts they ask for are just so pure like there's something so like guileless about like little kid present requests you know what I I mean oh it just anyway I'll never forget that Talking to little kids, let's get back to uh, this. So Yeah, yeah. Linda, we're just trying to give ourselves discovers- a mental reprieve before we yeah. dive right in. So Linda, she's actually quite collected for how she is acting because she obviously already knew because she'd been to the doctor that morning. And yeah. she, she meets Ian and she's like, I just need to tell you something. I'm uh, I'm in the family way. Oh, I know. He, mm-hmm. said, he said I do, didn't he? Isn't it funny how you say I do? and it, But you're, you're going to have to be saying it for real soon. And he was like, what do you mean? And she's like, I'm in the family way. And then he just walks off and she's chasing after him. Yeah. Do you know, for a minute, I thought she might have been trapping him, but she was actually pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Did I thought... not go through anyone else's mind? No. I, I didn't think she was, like, intentionally trapping him, but I will say this. There was something that... And I, I had real sympathy and, and care for Linda, but at the same time, like, I did find myself a little frustrated with her because you could tell that Ian had been, like, working so hard to get into the university and, like, had done all this stuff and everything, and he'd been obviously talking about it for ages and ages, and she clearly did not seem excited about it. She was like, well, you know, we can have a nice life here. And, you know, why don't you want to, like, just stay here? And I don't really want to see that. I don't really want anything other than just this view of the Thames and, like, you know, the life we've always known and everything. <laughs> What's and that he's like, <laughs> Yeah, she's like, tell me that poem you read. And then he, and then he, tell, he like, says this beautiful poem. My mom knew exactly what poem it was. It was, I think it's called, like, uh, oh, she, she knew it anyways. I can't remember yeah. now. But um, he was like, but you know, he's like, but he says to her, he's like, well, the poem in the in the the river in the poem is not the Thames. Like that is not what they're talking about. Like the Thames is a disgusting garbage pile. Like in comparison to what I'm referencing here. And she's like, I know, but it's so sweet. And then he's like, okay, well, anyways, uh, you know. And I just thought, like, she clearly is ready to like start married, marriage, family, like all of that. Like well, right now, she hasn't now. got much bloody choice, has she? She's got a bun in the oven. Well, she hasn't. But Never she used also- that expression ever in my life. I don't know why I just used it. Then. <laughs> but the thing is like she's already working at the factory like she's already clocking in like she's you know she's just kind of like on that on that train and he he is not and doesn't want to be and so I think she was kind of like oh well this solves everything like now he doesn't have to go away for three years like now we don't have to kind of like you know do all of that and maybe we can just you know have this life that's nice and comfortable and what's known to us and I didn't think she was trapping him but I thought she had maybe a secondary reason to be happy about being pregnant I know but also the time period when it was you know kind of like she had no other choice but also the time period when it was I think if he'd have gone I mean spoiler he does go to university mm. I don't think that would have broken them up it's I mean it's not like going to university yeah it's not like they're gonna be, he's gonna be pulling someone in a in a club called something awful like what are they called they've all got names that are just awful these pubs. yeah the diamond club. mind or like you yeah. know Thunder Road or you know whatever <laughs> Valentino's just yeah. awful yeah, or like, you know, Easy Street or whatever, you know, just these <laughs> disgusting club names and you're like, go in there and, 
you're like, oh my god, only terrible things are going to happen in this place. Just one <laughs> quick flashback, really quick, to a, a story about when we went to university. Do you remember that night where it was free till you pee? Oh my god. Yeah. Sadly, you just yes. had a flashback. I can't, people don't believe me when I say that that night was a free till you pee. So basically, just really quick, all the drinks were free in this club until someone went to the toilet. And it was ridiculous. It was carnage. People were going in plants. They were going outside to go into the pubs. It was awful. <laughs> it was the most, they never did it again. Just saying. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Human beings are, are really ingenious and destructive and gross. Students who don't want to spend money on drinks are for definite. Yeah, so oh anyway, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure when Tom gave him the train fare for the um, university interview, that wasn't what he had in mind. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so she's pregnant. So then she has to tell her dad. And her dad, quite rightly, was quite angry. And oh, was yeah. threatening Ian. And Tom was there as a mediator. And it was just, I think it was very unnecessarily dramatic scene like the opening bit <laughs> well she's like oh i've got something to tell you dad and he's like what she's like just don't go mad at me and then literally cut to top like getting like ian getting slammed against the wall by linda's father and he's like i'm gonna have you and like you know tom is like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. like he comes in and he like breaks them up and everything well i've written here ian for someone supposedly so clever he is really thick <laughs> I think I've done that because yeah, Ian. Mm-hmm. when he was like, yeah, but in three years I can have it. And it's like, well, babies don't come in three years. And his mum was like, you've got seven months, you absolute moron. Like- yeah. 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 Well, my frustration was I was like, Ian, I'm like, you and Linda were so close. I'm like, couldn't you have just kept it to get like kept it together for another few months? Oh my, just, oh, they both knew the risks. Of- well, so basically then he obviously agrees to marry her. And he pawned his dad's long service watch to pay for it. And I think this is the fact that, because his dad passed away years earlier and his dad worked in the same factory. Yeah. Um, His mum's not well because she works in the factory. And he died of emphysema, his dad, and they reckon his mum's got it as well. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he pawns the long service watch to buy, or does he sell it or pawn it? No, he pawns it to buy Lynn's engagement ring. And I'm just like, oh, Ian. really proud of that like oh he pawned his he pawned his dad's most prized possession of his dead dad like why are you proud of yeah. that linda and i wouldn't well, have I think that she was taking it as like look how much he loves me that he would give up something he values so much to get this engagement ring i would have been let's get it back and i don't need a ring well, yeah that's what i, I do need like. a ring for yeah well i think i mean okay just before i before i make my comment what's long service is that just like a like a military career no long so like he, he was there for a, his whole career at, at the at the factory so he was there for like 35 years or whatever oh oh at the factory oh okay yeah. okay so that okay so i'm thinking of something i thought it i thought service meant like a veteran okay that's okay so fast forward to the fact that they have this oh, wait, oh, but just one one thing i think the, i know your point about the engagement ring she, you would have been like oh let's just not bother but the thing is like when she went to her appointment for the like the prenatal appointment everything like that she had her engagement ring on but she felt embarrassed because it wasn't a, a wedding ring and she was like oh people are gonna know i'm pregnant but not married and so i think that's why it pro- like that's another reason why it was important for her was because she was like oh i feel i feel embarrassed that like i'm gonna be potentially showing that i'm pregnant without an obvious sign that like i'm i'm married and like, there's, there's ways around yeah. Sadie oh, could have given her the ring. Her I ring agree. I agree. I, I'm not defending Linda. I'm just saying I think that's probably why part of the well, reason why. There's a very important point I'm about to make that's very okay. important. Okay. Okay. So they fast forward, they have an engagement party in a pub. <clears> I loved all the uh, like old uh, East End sing along. Yeah. Now then Ian's Ian's like goes off on his own somewhere and Tom goes to find him. Now, did anyone else, this is my important point, find it absolutely disgusting 
that Ian was sat on the toilet floor in a pub. One thousand percent. Oh my god! I was just like, why? If you have been to it. At least I'd be like, get up off the floor. Yeah, yeah, Tom sat down with it. Like I'm not being funny. If you've been to a scratty pub, like there will be people who've never been to a scratty pub in their life. Ugh. They are disgusting, and the men's like women's toilets are disgusting. Men's times that by a billion. They oh. are bleh, the no. floor in a men's. No, thank you. Horrible, horrible. I couldn't believe I was. It was really distracting me in the scene. Actually, I think you're exactly right. I'm glad you pointed this out. This is this is a critical. This is a critical point to be made. Sorry, Bex. Well, perhaps it's to illustrate just how desperate he thinks of the situation that he's prepared to sit on that floor. Yeah, how down in the dumps he is. Did you know? Like, I will tell you I'd what. Never, like, nothing I, in this world would ever, ever make me sit on a floor in a toilet, like a pub toilet like that. I don't really want to sit on my own bathroom floor, to be honest with you. I mean, like, of all the places you would choose to sit down, a bathroom floor in any venue is not. Yeah, but a scratchy pub one with men oh, urine everywhere. No, well, thank you. Any public toilet is not no, no i mean i don't even want to put my bag down i'm always looking Same. for a hook yeah Same. me too me too i don't even yeah i don't even want like a yeah oh no but the thing is i mean i will say like to your point bex i think ian was incredibly despondent like the look on his face when they were singing those songs and everyone was like hooray oh you know and like when the dad yeah. like gave him the present and he opened up the the jacket that he's going to wear at the factory oh, for the yeah. next 40 years. Oh, how like, is that a present? The color, the color actually like just drained out of his face. He looked so depressed. Like he literally looked like he was about to just jump into like, you know, a sinkhole or something like that. I mean, oh my God, that boy, like, and everyone around him was just like, well, anyway, you know, like totally no one even, no one even thought about it. It was, it was break. It was really breaking my heart. I was, I was really, really feeling so bad for Ian there. I just so, thought. Tom and Ian then have this heart to heart on the toilet floor and he's like I don't love her more than anything else in the world Mr. Harrywood talking about it like you know yeah. I, I, love her, I don't love her more than anything else in this world and Tom's like well tough she's pregnant mate like <laughs> yeah and, and really everyone gave him that advice everyone was like well sorry you know and I, yeah it was oh, it was really sad it was really sad but then the next day Linda goes to clinic on the Tuesday but if uh, what I don't get is why she couldn't have just they could have got married he could have gone off to university yeah and but who's going to pay for anything well she could have just stayed at home yeah but surely they got... could have muddled by uh, i mean it's more the shame and stuff. do you mean get married and st- he goes yeah, to university they could have got they could have got married and him go off they... to university if they were probably from a more affluent affluent area, maybe they could. But I'm presuming his mum's like, she's working on her last leg. So she's probably going to send him money up for his lodgings yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I suppose. I just think the rigidity of societal expectation at this time, like, was so off the charts. Like, the fact that no one was willing to even discuss an alternative solution just says, I think, a lot about, you know. Yeah, and the fact that Linda was like, I do, you're going to be saying it. Not like, oh, I hope you're going to be saying it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we ha- okay, we haven't gotten there yet. But okay, so she goes to the, the clinic the next day, Al. And Trixie's there to see. It was actually Trixie who, and also Trixie and Barbara have been a bit bar- barbed with each other. Um, yeah, because Trixie was kind of dealing with this family, she was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll deal with them." And Barbara was like, "Oh, I, you know, I'd, I'd like a quick change of pace, and you know, I'd, I'd like to boil some wee." Uh, yeah, she's yeah. like, "I haven't boiled any urine all day." <laughs> <laughs> so she was seeing Linda, and she was really sweet with the way she was saying it. But you know, if you've been spotting or anything, and she was like, "There is, there is bleeding now," so she went to the toilet, and then um, and she needed to double check everything. But she was actually miscarrying, and Linda was all upset because it's. It, 
awful. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, can I just say here... Would she not have noticed that? I would have noticed that. Well, I don't you don't know, though, do you? Like, you know... I will say, it's weird when you're pregnant, though, because you don't really know what to expect, either. Like, I was having pains like period pains, but nothing was coming. Do you know what I mean? So if yeah. she hadn't checked her knickers since she'd sat down and it just happened, she might well, not she have she said she'd been spotting like off and on for like kind of the whole time, but I just think she's like young and it's her first pregnancy and she just doesn't really know, you know, yeah, like also, I just chalked it up to ignorance, you know. She said, and I quote, something's come away. Oh. <laughs> things come away, Claxon writers, because I know this carries on as a theme. So writers, just be aware of how many times you're using something's come away. Yeah, well, we haven't had a come away klaxon in a hot minute either. No, no. Um, we're also, we've not done it since I've been editing, so I don't know how it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to do the pew, 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 like just so add anyway, in our own sound effect. So Trixie takes Linda and Sadie home, or she goes back with them just to tuck her in bed with, you know, just yeah. a bit more aftercare because it's an emotional mm. time and she wants to just check she's okay. So they go well, back to... And just to say, Trixie's been caring for Sadie because Sadie has a burn on her arm that's needed yes. daily visits as well. So there's there's multiple... Yeah, so that's how Trixie, she was yeah, already had contact connected. with the family. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, they go towards the house and Tom Harrowood had already realised that Ian hadn't actually turned up for his shift at the yeah. factory. So he went to go and find him because he knew, obviously, that he was in a bad state because he sat on the floor in the toilet. Mm. So he was heading over there and he was trying to break in. And I genuinely thought he was going to barge that door open. And then luckily I was like, oh, yes, they've come with a key. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Do you know, if you're going to break a door down, you should go for the side with the hinges because that's the weakest point. That's a fact, Bex. That's a very, yeah. that's a very good one. Yeah. Have you, have you like, used it? I've not used it myself, no. Just someone gave me that advice once. You're like a secret survivalist expert. Yeah. You know Are you supposed I mean? like to do it with your those... foot as well or your shoulder? I don't. Well, I don't know, but just because there's the screws and the hinge, that's the, a weaker point than the lock. Mm, okay. Oh, excuse me. That was that's really. Do good you guys do you guys think Tom could have broken down the door if they hadn't had the key? No. No. <laughs> it it was fifties workmanship. That door wasn't going to budge. Also, it wasn't a big run up. It was a small corridor. Yeah, he really only could take a few steps and then, you know, and he tried once before they had the, before the key. Anyways, but they get in and poor Ian is like laying in front of the oven and they pull him out and they stand him up outside the apartment, open the window and everything. Yeah, everywhere's smelling a gas. They're all coughing, opening the windows. Yeah, yeah. And Trixie and Tom kind of are like standing like face to face because they're both holding Ian up on either side. And they kind of have this like, oh, here we are. Oh, we didn't expect this. And then... Ian like promptly like vomits on the floor and Trixie's shoes as well and well yeah what uh, uh, Tom's like he missed my Eve sh- missed my shoes but he's got mine though yeah and so they kind of have like a little like haha type of a moment and everything and then I think right after that they go- Tom and Trixie go back kind of to Poplar but but Ian turns out like he's gonna be okay and then it's kind of like okay well now they've got to figure out what they're gonna do because the baby's gone and. Which is, I mean, it was a sad situation and then another sad situation got them out of the first sad situation, but then they were both in another sad situation. Well, it's, it was like a duality as well, because obviously Tom was saying if it, it was a broken engagement, it's a big deal if, because obviously it was it was actually an agreement that, a broken, that they were going to get married. So yeah. then for Ian to actually break the engagement would be terrible, it'd be like social suicide because he just, his, what, his girlfriend had just miscarried. It was just this awful situation. Yeah. Um, now Linda because she's so lovely, Linda, Linda Lanyard. She was saying, no, do you know what, Ian? You go to university. This ring can wait. This can wait until afterwards. You know, I 
think Linda can do better than Ian. I'm not going to lie, but well, Ian does. Oh, she's going to be a teacher. But girls, <laughs> girls, okay. I know it's 1961, but like, do we think this relationship is going to survive? Well, like, that's exactly what I, I was going to ask. I, I, I don't. I don't. No, I, I'm. I put very low odds on these. On these two, I, I think mean, he'll go up to university in Durham, and he'll yeah. find a really posh girl from a background yeah. who loves poetry like him, and he'll exactly. be absolutely in love with it. Yeah. And Linda Lanyard will meet some chippy little man down in the factory. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, oh, why, lovely? How are you doing, Linda Lanyard? The the It'll minute be- Ian oh. the minute Ian sits in a class with a girl who like is like, oh, I know that poem. Do you know this one? And then he's never heard of it. He's gonna absolutely fall off of his butt. And then he's just gonna be like, oh my god, like I had no idea. And then he's gonna be sitting in a pub and. It's like, oh, these people are so different than the ones back home, you know. I'm probably good. You know, probably but... good because oh, Linda Lanyard not... didn't see anything wrong with her life, and he did. Yeah, so I just that's probably a good thing. If they both wanted the same thing and he stayed, then there, I think it's a different story. But he's going off to become a different person, and she's staying to become the person she's kind of growing herself into. And like, I just yeah. think by the time he comes back from university, they're going to be so vastly different that like, I-, I would be shocked if they were going to make it work. I mean, I just. Yeah, I don't, but they've known I don't each other it. since primary school. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. Those are like I don't think that's necessarily years. a good thing. Yeah, but nowadays yeah. I would say that no relationship is going to survive university, nor should it. But <laughs> back then, I would. I think there's a chance. Oh, I like your romantic view on it. You're wrong. But yeah, I like you're. It. <laughs> yeah, you're you're very hopeful, and that's and that's that's really special. I think. <laughs> I I mean, I wouldn't if I was going to bet you on mean them special in Vegas. in a nice way. No, I do yeah. it in a nice way. I think it is really sweet and heartening that, that you think that they're going to survive. I mean, yeah, I I don't. But I, I love that you're holding it down for us, Beck. I just think Linda can do better. I think she could have a happier life with someone who doesn't talk. But, but also, it would be nice for Linda to... I was just rooting for them, but actually, it'd be nice for Linda to meet somebody who actually would give up yeah. something mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I agree, I agree. I feel like the two are used to each other. They've always been there, so it's kind of just taken for granted. They're like an Whereas, old shoe. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's like yeah. it's like what is that? The old sock and the slipper, or something like that. You know. Do you know, it's really funny. You should say that because you know we we, we were having trouble um, remembering the actual uh, the line. Quote. Sherry Vokes, we love you, Sherry. She wrote in and said, "It's a, there is a sock for every old slipper." Oh. Jen said something like, "Every slipper has a foot." Lol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always giving I'm always giving these amazing line readings myself, yes. Yeah. Right, should yeah. we go on to something else, ladies? Yes, let's. Should we do yeah. Sister Julianne at the hospital? Yes, because this leads on to the other Sister Julianne working at the hospital leads on to the next story, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. she did two births this week, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was she was earning a keep this week. Oh my gosh, yes, she was. So St. Cuthbert's is different from the London, I'm guessing. It's like St. Cuthbert's is one hospital and London is a different one. And then, but they're both just kind of regular hospitals with regular services, including maternity services, right? Yeah. Yeah, but how depressing did the exterior of that hospital look? Ooh. Very, very, very depressing. Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, okay, yeah. It's like, all right, we have clearly only built this for like functional use. But Sister Julianne shows up there. She's like, you know, I'm looking forward to a change of pace. Like, I haven't done one of these in a while. Like, I think it's going to be good for me. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah. So she shows up and she immediately gets put into a birthing room with a Celeti woman, which we've, you know, had Celeti before. Called Jamila. And there's a regular 
sister nurse midwife that's kind of helping with the with the labor and everything like that but she's just about to go on break and she's like you know listen like these labors last so long like we really like to keep to our break schedule you know as long as nothing like immediate is happening and sister julian is like oh okay well that's not really how i do it but that's fine but she doesn't say anything she just has this kind of very you know like you know like nice but you know look on her face and so then she goes and starts visiting with Jamila and helping her and everything and you know Jamila you know instantly kind of feels comforted and whatever and then when the nurse comes back in sister Julian's gotten her like a cup of tea and she's walking her around and all of that kind of thing and immediately the nurse is like no 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 like up on the bed like this is how we do things you know like all you know that kind of modern convention and everything well, I and really so- I really like the way they did that like the stark contrast of this sterile delivery yeah. room and the, and the efficiency of the NHS which is represented by the nurse yeah. And then, you know, Sister Julianne, who's been used to doing it, who's done it very successfully out yeah. In the, in the, yeah, out in the community. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just love that cup of tea in the in the surgery. It was just such a stark contrast. I just thought it was really powerful. Yeah, yeah. And it just showed kind of the... It's weird because like my instinct is to feel that the hospital way is kind of the best way. Yeah. You know, because that's my that's my modern experience as like a person growing up with that. Exactly, as, like, model yeah. For care. But at the same time, like I was like, no, just let her have her cup of tea. Like Sister Julianne knows what she's doing. Well, and- Sister Julianne did know because the nurse yeah. was saying we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to get out. It's not going to come. But the baby was actually born the natural way because yeah. of Sister Julianne. I put it, Sister Julianne, Sister Julianne showed that sister. She showed she still had it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of tension in that scene, I thought, like kind of setting up that dichotomy between those two things. But also, um, she, but also Sister Julianne proved herself. And I think she earned the respect did. from the sister. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like that. Oh, well, if there's anyone that deserves... Like you, you guys just know I love Sister Julian so much. Yes, I'm really glad she got that experience yeah. to kind of start her week off in yeah. terms of the narrative of the story and everything. But so now then... This, well, this storyline goes on to Mrs. Cottingham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ruby's expecting her fourth child. She's got three boys. Yeah, a gaggle of she lads. Comes, she comes to clinic and she asks if the boys can play in the Wendy house. And Sheila tells her, we don't want a repeat of the incident with the mangle. What was the incident with the mangle? Oh, God. Well, did you hear her shout? She's like, get your fingers out of there. And it was like, oh, my Lord. Can you just imagine, like, a whole bunch of broken baby fingers? Like, Well, she's sorry, just shouting at the kids, yeah. doing jokes about how much she hates going home mm-hmm. and just chain smoking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seema has no control over those boys. All those three boys together must just egg each other on. Yeah. Yeah, three so. boys is tough. Three boys will, like, really wear you out. Yeah. Yeah, and also she was, you know, she was a model patient for them. She's she's done it before. She's just carrying yeah. on. She's doing really well. Mm-hmm. Sister Julianne was saying because obviously Sister Julianne was the one who did the consultation with her. You know, you really are a model patient, Mrs. Cottingham. Um, mm-hmm. Any thoughts about a hospital delivery or a maternity ward? You know, maternity is it ward? What do they call it? Maternity home delivery. And yeah. she's not a farm that the house there won't be a house to go back to. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was this was kind of at the beginning when they were having a you know, having the baby at home versus the hospital, like talk, you know, they had a yeah. pamphlet printed out and everything. So, you know, there were a bunch of moms kind of sitting there and this one and this one mother, you know, was, they, they were like, oh, is it your first time? And she was like, yeah, because she was very nervous about getting the gas and air and like having it be safe to deliver at home and everything. And they were like, oh, and then that's when Ruby's like, oh, the Nanottins, they'll take care of you. They know what's going on. And, you know, <laughs> where was she from? Sorry. She's from where I sounded like she was from. <laughs> Um, so Mrs. Cottingham did go into labour um, after yeah. this, um, yeah. and she was at home, which is what she wanted, and she right. done that with the first three with Nanartans. You know, you're always yeah. safe with Nanartans. Nanartans. And, um, 
nuns, yeah. Um, and she had, I've put here labor with Barbara and Tom. I don't mean Barbara and Tom. I mean Barbara and Phyllis. <laughs> Barbara and Phyllis, yeah, yeah. That's just like a weird uh, AI episode, labor with Barbara and Tom. Now, she was really struggling to actually get the baby out. Um, yes. She was in a lot of pain. And it, she was like, it wasn't like this with my others. It wasn't like this with my yeah. others, Nurse Crane. Yeah. Uh, so Nurse Crane, did you see that Nurse Crane said to, to ring the hospital or get the flying squad to Barbara? And I thought, yeah. they're not going to get a helicopter on that roof. <laughs> <laughs> How are they gonna land it? How was I so thick to think? That? Oh my god! Anyway, we, uh, you we need to listen we... back if people don't get that joke. Yeah, that that's a, that's a real real OG reference right there. If you've been with us that long, then like hats off, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so she was sent to hospital, and then that kind of cut that scene. Uh, we don't yeah. see, you know, we don't see Barbara's reaction. We don't see Phyllis's reaction. We just see cut two. Sister Julienne walking along the corridor, this stark white corridor. Yeah. In, uh, in the hospital, and then Mrs. Cottingham's crying out in pain uh, mm-hmm. on, a, on a stretcher. Is, is it kind of a stretcher? What do they call those stretchers or wheels? A gurney. Well, I knew you oh, know. I knew gurney, Becky know. Well done, Becky. That was well, brilliant here, knowledge. Here's me being stupid. I was like, no, it's a stretcher. That's what they call it. And then <laughs> Becky was like, oh, it's a gurney. And I was like, yep, I write to. Okay. Um, and she was like, Mrs. Uh, Sister Julianne, Sister Julianne, thank God you're here. And I do have to say, because obviously we've seen scenes when, oh, what's her name? Ju- Jenny, the one who actually the whole thing's based on her. Oh, Jenny, Jenny Ward, yeah. Uh, when she was there where they wouldn't let them do anything like that. I feel like Sister Julianne with that first birth and everything like that. And also she's a bit more senior than Jenny. They yes, kind of let yes. her do that. And they, I love the fact they let Sister Julianne stay with her. Uh, they knew yeah. that she had the trust of the patient. I, thought, I was so pleased that that actually happened. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, so they try and yeah. they try and deliver the baby, but then she has to have an emergency cesarean. Yes, and I cannot tell you. I've written here, my God, the cesarean. I oh. keep telling myself it's not real, but my God, I can't tell you how much I nearly fainted when I watched that. Oh gosh, girls! They were cutting well, in to. And I know it's not real. I'm gonna keep trying to tell myself it's not real, but that they did not have to go that graphic that was that was definitely the most graphic birth i think we've seen on the show thus far i mean yeah. like and obviously you know it's the stream the thing i commented on is the fact that now i don't know i you know i, I apologize because i didn't google or do any research or whatever on this but that doctor cut miss Ru- ruby from like she cut he cut her like vertically and nowadays when you have a cesarean section you cut someone horizontally like across their like lower abdomen and then you know it's a more concealed scar and and da, 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 da. but i was like like, how long have we been doing cesareans? Like, when did that change? Like, what's the, what was the medical procedure that, like, or I don't, I, I was just curious at that because that looked totally different than what I've always known. I mean, even by the time I was born, and I was born in '79, my mom's, and I was born by cesarean, which was an emergency as well. I was C-section as well. Yeah, but but my mom's nineteen sixty five that became more common in the UK. Oh, okay. See, there you go. There you go. That, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's a small detail, but anyways, it just stuck out to me because. But yeah, when they pulled that baby out, it was. Oh, it was really. It was. It was very upsetting on many levels. We'll just say. Well, so this the, is Julianne's face. Yeah. Oh. So the, the baby's but We should say as well because Ruby had three boys. She was hoping for a girl this time around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she made and a bunch baby- of comments about wanting a girl. Yeah, the baby's born and it's underdeveloped, so they actually don't know whether it is a boy or a girl. And the doctor just says, oh, God, another one. It's alive. Like, doesn't even refer to it as a, it's just an it. Yeah, so it's um, obviously had no, it had no limbs. It was malformed completely. There was no genitals of any kind or any any indication of any gender because the baby was so malformed. Yeah, uh, but can I just say, yeah. uh, Jenny Agatha, 
she was wearing a face mask, which I thought was very uh, apt because obviously this was filmed before <laughs> COVID and everything. But mm-hmm. her face mask acting was absolutely outstanding. You know oh exactly my God. what she was thinking. <laughs> no, most of her face was covered. Her eye acting. Honestly, I, thought, I, I was like, that was amazing. How she's not won something amazing for that. That was brilliant acting. She is so expressive. And I just, I mean, my my love for her just continued. But like her ability to convey truly complex emotion and thought, you know, expressively, just with only her face and her body. I mean, oh my God, her talent. Oh, she's so talented. Like, just give her every award. I just think she's so, you know, she's so good. I just she's love amazing. That delivers the baby. It just has such disdain and disgust for this baby because it's been malformed. And I just think, and then, but then he says, right now we need to turn our, our attention to the mother. But would it, I don't know, I just felt his reaction was, I mean, it would have been shocking, but would he have, I don't know, he just didn't show any sort of empathy or. Yeah, you're right. He didn't. He was terrible. He was so rude. I wonder though, with the doctor, if his reaction when it was like, oh, not another one, like the disgust and disdain at it is maybe to show how many they've had to try to try and show how, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like he's so, he's more used to it or. Yes, because it's happened more than once. Like it keeps happening to show how common it is. Is my point. Say what you said, Bex. Just that he's become a little desensitized to it. Like it. Uh, Whereas it was like when Susan Mullocks was born, it was really shocking. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. Sister Julianne's first guttural reaction was yeah, Mm -hmm. her eye acting. Mm -hmm. Her (laughs) eye acting was off the charts. Oh wait, can I just though point out though? I think I mean again, this was a very a short thing, but to me also, I think in a hospital it's a bit of a different environment as well because I mean, granted, like Ruby Cottingham was under anesthesia, so she. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Couldn't hear anything. But did you like clock the kind of casual, slightly like racist thing that the nurse said about this about um Jamila Shaji oh, when yeah. Yeah. Julian walked in she was like oh these lot are like really you know shy around male they doctors panic and, like, a lot. yeah and they like get really upset really quickly and you know like that and she like talked about her like she wasn't in the room first off and then she was also yeah. just like blanketly like making this really kind of rude comment about like a whole group of people it wasn't kind and of just, rude it was very rude well, very very rude yeah yeah, yeah. it was just I, I I I didn't like that and I and I just was like I wonder if this is not that like people in hospital are like worse or whatever but it just it's it to me it's that more kind of like like you said it kind of like uh, clinical atmosphere you know where it's yeah. more kind of like washed away and some of that like care and attention to the individual patient is not the same as when you're kind of out in the community yeah it's more like dehumanized 
right yeah, like the patients the are not real people the same they? way they don't have the same connection right right like the doctor just kind of looks at ruby as just like oh she's just a woman you know she like he does he doesn't know anything about her he may not even know her name like he certainly doesn't have any kind of context about her as a person well yeah. speaking of dehumanizing sister julianne finds she goes to look for the baby and yeah. she goes to the nursery at first and the nurse is like there's no there's no baby here and yeah. then she finds the baby in a cold room with the window open. Um, do you think that would have actually, surely that yeah. would have happened? I do think but, that would have happened. I think it would have happened as well. Yeah, I 1000% think it would have. And I'll tell you for why. I'll tell you for why I think it had happened. Okay. My auntie was born really, really prematurely. She's 70 now. She literally turned 70 in February. And she was born like the same as like a bag, bag of sugar. And her mum, her, her sorry, her mum's sister was a midwife and she actually delivered the baby. She was actually quite high up around there as, as a midwife. And mm. she said normally they would have just put the baby in the bin. Kind of, that's it, it's done. And, uh, you know, because she's not going to survive. Picture. Yeah, she's not going to survive, so let's just get rid. And um, this, because she, it was obviously her family, which is actually really awful, though, looking at nepotism there. Uh, but I'm glad about the nepotism because my auntie's alive. Uh, yeah. so they, they took her to hospital, but they they wouldn't have done it. If that was a normal home birth in those days, they would not have done it. They just they just let her go out. Oh my god, my ma- my mouth is hanging open. How do you know how premature your aunt was when she was delivered? No, I know she was three pounds, I think, or less two two and a half pound, three pounds. Okay, okay, so she was maybe maybe like I mean I'm I'm just completely conjecturing maybe like seven months. You know, yeah. maybe she was like like third third trimester, but like not quite. Wow. And this makes me think when Conchita had her premature baby, they were very keen to take the baby to Great Ormond Street, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think actually they would have just stuck it on the draining board and Yeah. Yeah, probably. Well, maybe, yeah, well, I don't know, probably, yeah. But then Sister Julienne did a load of prayers and I was like, Oh, that's lovely that she's baptizing it. And oh. then this poor little baby died in her arms. And then she was like, oh, I've not baptized it. And I was like, oh, for your hand. I was, I was properly shocked. Oh, my God. Wait, okay, girls, quick rewind. What's a sluice room? I mean, I kind of intimated what it is from, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, sluice? I don't, that's not really I would say it, if you go in there with a full bedpan. Oh, it's you that. Put it down the sluice. Oh, okay. It's that kind of a thing. Would you um, think next? Yeah, a sluice is isn't it like a thing that's got water that you sluice it through? So it's like a like a oh, it's like a running tap kind of. I want to say b day, and that's the wrong word. <laughs> it's like a sluice thing that brings water up as well, and it just cleans everything perfectly. Like it's like a pressure oh. washing kind of thing. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah a sliding okay. gate or other device for controlling water, so an act of rinsing or showering of water. So it's kind of like a bit pressurized that you can like that would use because obviously um, Timothy mentioned a sluice at the start as well when he was talking about how he was gonna um, oh clean the clean yeah. instruments yeah. yeah okay okay I just I just wasn't sure and I kind of was like you know like why there or whatever because that was a term I hadn't come across before but um but I'll tell you what when when Sister Julianne walked in and saw that baby and she gasped and then she walked over and like wrapped it in a blanket and picked it up and then she started like saying those beautiful Bible verses like oh my God I mean I was already gone no surprise but I. I just like that those words just made me absolutely just well I genuinely would have counted that as a baptism yeah I agree I t- yeah. to me, to me sister Julianne like really gave that child like a, a loving something and... yeah and and definitely yeah. loving it I mean to me I thought that the baby I mean I not to get too into this because it was very very sad and so tragic but I thought that the baby was was able to kind of go because sister Julianne had like comforted it uh... and could like yeah. go and feel love and then it was able to like peacefully depart and 
the fact that it happened so quickly after she picked it up and was like cradling it I thought that to me was like a little soul that was like able to finally leave and then no. anyways now oh the, my the hospital despite the stark sterileness of the, of the hospital they yeah. did let sister julianne tell mrs cottingham also yeah. i like the fact I that we've got your mrs did... cottingham and we say cottingham mm-hmm. but she told her the next day because she races back to tell dr turner and sheila doesn't she yes yeah. yeah i mean but and i was thinking that this is another situation of the, the mother not being told because she's like when can i see my baby and she doesn't know but actually she would have been under general anesthetic yeah, yeah but she, she needed to wake know. up and be and be alert for that also, yeah. Dr. Turner just casually smoking while they were talking about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's really gotten into the smoking lately, you guys. It's, <sighs> so on the telling Ruby about the death, amazing acting by 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 Ruby Cottingham and by Sister Julianne as per. Yeah. Wait, can, we, can we just rewind like one just one little bit? Oh, though, yeah. Because I don't often give her credit, but when Sister Julianne was so upset about um, the baby and she went back to Nanata's house, she went right into the... Um, yeah into the chapel and everything and Cynthia and Sister Monica Joan Sister Mary Cynthia and Sister Monica Joan were there because they were talking about St. Hildegard and everything and or Sister Hildegard or whatever but they saw how upset she was when she came in and Sister Monica Joan just looked at her and was like sister what is it what what befells your heavy brow or you know something like that and it was it was really a beautiful moment between the three of them but I felt especially the sister Monica Joan was very sensitive and loving I've written a gorgeous scene with SMJ sister Julian and SMC lovely showed how they were sisters yeah really showed the unity like the quiet support sorry yeah, but I have to say with Sister Monica Jane, she does pull it out. Of, I mean, she's naughty, but she pulls it out of the bag when people need it. 100%. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, and she's she's had a lot more. Uh, I don't know if, if they've done it this way on purpose or well, I mean, obviously they have because it's a show you have to like write and create every single week. But like she's she's had a lot of beautiful moments the last this season that I feel like whereas we're more rare earlier on and I've been seeing a different side of her and I just want to call it out for like what it is because I just I think it's beautiful and I just give her crown. Not to her. make light of this situation, but I will say, Sister Julianne's obviously wrestling about whether to tell Mrs. Cottingham <laughs> it was a girl or a boy or anything. So she asks yeah. Sister Monica Joan about lying. And I'm yeah. thinking, why are you asking her about lying? She oh. is the biggest <laughs> liar. She's a thief. She's well up for it. Yeah. Are you asking yeah. her because you know she's well up for lying? Like, yeah. Well, listen, go to the expert, right? You know, I mean, Sister Monica Joan knows what's up. So you know the answer she's going to give. Yes, yeah. fine. Oh my God. Yeah, do it. Do it. I will say, I liked, I mean, again, not to make it serious, but I liked the fact that Sister Monica Joan was like, you know, I don't, she says something like, I don't endorse lying, but you have to think like, which will be less cruel or, you know, which will be a kinder option. And Sister Monica, Sister, Sister, philosophy I'm going to adopt in my life. Yeah. (laughs) I think it would have been, I've written here. But I would have said it's a boy because I think she'd be less upset because she's been wishing for a girl her whole life. And then when she finally got <laughs> she one, she'd be like, away. oh, well, thankfully, it was only a boy that died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm hang, not on, exactly. hang on, hear me out, hear me out. She's wished okay. for a girl all this time and then she finally got one and it was taken away. Whereas if she, I'm not saying she'd be happy still, she'd be absolutely heartbroken still, but she's already got boys and then it's just another boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not word in this well. That works at all, Alex. But do you know what I mean? though like they've given her this promise know what you of something mean. that's been taken away of something she really, really wanted that she never got. Well, actually, it it never was what she wanted. 
So maybe yeah. it wouldn't be as, as I know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm I, I I know what you're trying to say trying to say and I and I get it and I think your point is is well made. But I guess I guess the flip side is I would kind of phrase it this other way because okay, imagine that uh, okay, here I'll give you an example. Imagine that you are you've been like like dating someone, okay? And you like really care about them and your friend also knows about it and is there but then the guy stops calling you back or whatever like that and you're like oh you know I can't imagine something. that Jen. yeah well I know I know it's so shocking for men <laughs> to like completely drop off the face of the earth but then like something happens and no, I just mean okay with me <laughs> <laughs> you're terrible I hate you okay so then <laughs> so then like your friend finds out something bad about the guy but he kind of goes away and then, you know, you're like, oh, well, what happened or whatever? And it's like, it's like your friend tells you like, oh, you know, he went away to do this. And like, it kind of, it kind of like retains the memory of him as a good man in your mind, even though there's no possibility of ever finding out the truth that he was like really a scumbag or anything like that. But you can kind of like have this kind of like loved and lost, you know, like kind of romantic story and then move on from that and just be like, oh, you know, that would like, it like, it's a way to kind of pres- preserve you from like losing your faith in in the the concept of it so perhaps she's a friend to continue this analogy yeah he's actually gone to prison but she's told her friend that he's gone to do missionary work yes exactly and like he wanted to I say think goodbye I prefer to know about prison I think it helped me get over the breakup to demonize him well but wouldn't but wouldn't you feel bad you're like oh my god why did I even care about this man who's gonna do this horrible thing like uh, that's no I think know. I'd be like oh bullet dodged yeah maybe I get I guess I guess the flip side of the baby analogy to me is like the way I saw what sister Julian was giving her was kind of like this like perfect little angelic baby that she could like hold on to in her mind and then that was a way for her to kind of like think about this baby going forward and still have the thing she always dreamed of and kind of be able to hold on to that even though the baby wasn't going to be there with her. I don't her. know, I thought it's... it was like a double whammy of awfulness. No, she's got her three boys and then and then she's got a girl and like she might not go yeah. on to have more children so she's always got a girl. Yeah, like her family was complete then. That was a bit, yeah, I understand that I one see your more. point, but I'll say this. The way that those two women acted that scene, oh. it seemed that Sister Julian's answers to her questions gave her a lot of comfort, even in that incredibly sad and dark. And so well upset. acted. Yeah, the two of them were just so like pitch perfect in that. But oh, when she was like, I, why? I wish I could answer that. I wish I could bring your baby back, but I can't. It was I just know. so, so beautifully done. It was a gorgeous scene. Brilliant acting yeah. again. Yeah. I, I felt like Ruby Cottingham was comforted by the idea that she had a daughter that she'd hoped for and that she'd wished for and that she was right the whole time thinking that the pregnancy was going to end up in a girl. Yeah. And that's how I read the, the acting of that. Scene. Yeah, and I don't want to be glib as saying about the boy thing, but I did think oh, no, maybe, no, no. We... you know, I'm not going to be making fun of that. But at the same time, I do think I maybe would have said a boy. I just do. That's what I would have said. Sure, sure. But, but yeah, like Jen just said, like all along she she thought it was a girl because that's what she was hoping for. So it was like maybe yeah. more of a connection to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and look, I mean, there's lots of, I mean, we, this show has taught us this before. There's lots of ways to handle a situation. And, you know, it's not that any one situation is any one way to do it is like exactly right or exactly wrong. Like different things can be right in different contexts or with different people or under different circumstances. Yeah. Or whatever. So I think your point is well made, Alan. And like, you know, it could have been, a, a, you know, a good thing to have said, oh, no, it was a baby boy. And then that would have been okay, too. So I mean, you're not being glib and no one takes it that way. But yeah, that's that's the way it played out, and I think I I saw it as like that it was. Well, yeah. do you know this is good why we do this podcast because you've actually have made me see because I don't think I would have ever seen on my own at that point. There you go. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, that like all I've I've learned I've seen things so much of a different and more nuanced way from talking to you girls about this. Yeah. And the show is so deep. You can like really have these deep conversations. Yeah, it's true. Mm. The Turners doing research as well. Oh, know, they love research. Late into the night too. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, just... he's like, get ready, Sheila. We're gonna put on a pot of coffee when we get home. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you two nerds. But we know it's the start. Sheila's of living it. Oh, yeah, she she's is. so excited. She's so excited. She gets. Yeah. She's. She loves it when he's all tired and researchy. Yeah, and his eyes get big bags, and he's like stubbing out a fifty hundredth cigarette butt and everything, and his crump- clothes are all crumpled. It's like his eyes when he saw her dressed as a nurse. <laughs> those two horn dogs okay back so we moving on do you think we've covered it yeah so barbara and tom next oh, I, love them. <laughs> I just love them <laughs> so we, we touched on it earlier because well i mean in the last episode we spoke about how in the last episode i think we were talking about how trixie was suspecting but now we know that trixie knows yes yes she's because- very Obviously. Yeah, well, she's but Barbara's out all the time, and she keeps saying she's she. Why would you be busy, Barbara? Because Patsy and Delia. Well, Delia didn't really want to invite anyone to the cinema, but Patsy had done it already to uh, to Trixie, and yeah. Trixie, you know we're gonna we're gonna go to the cinema. Would you like to come? And Barbara's like, oh well, I I may do. Um, my my cousin Mabel. I may be busy with my cousin Mabel. I'm very fond of my cousin Mabel. And uh, why would you be busy, Barbara? The way that Trixie was very barbed in her response yeah. to her as well. Yeah, it was very pointed. It was very pointed. Also, Cousin Mabel is the most fake family member that has ever existed. Like, I feel like Cousin Mabel is, like, an automatic euphemism for, like, I'm doing something else. Like, Well, do you know, there's so many Mabels now, Jen. It's a really popular name over here. Yeah, it is. So th- there'll be loads of Cousin Mabels now. Russell yeah. Brand's got a Mabel. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Then maybe maybe for future generations, it'll have to be c- Cousin somebody else, you know? Reginald. Yeah, co- uh, co- maybe a Cousin Barbara. You never mm-hmm. know. You know, yeah, I yeah. met a Barbara yesterday. How old was she? Do you know, she was much younger than I thought she'd be. She was about 30, 32. Oh, that is Yeah. I, I don't know any young Barbaras currently. I oh, don't. If there's, if there's a Barbara under under our age, like our age or younger, out there. I don't know any Barbaras our age. I only know Barbaras who are like 30 years older. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If, there's a, if there's a Barbara out there that's listening that's like, that's like middle 40s or younger, say hi. I want to hear yeah, from let them. Let us know. Yeah. So um, Barbara goes to Tom, yeah, and she says Trixie knows about us, Tom. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing weird. <laughs> Trixie knows about us, Tom, uh, and it's quite it's quite a what's the word? Not pressured, but it's it's a very it's getting complicated, tense, it's getting tense, tense, tense exchange. Thank you. Yes, it's a very yes. tense exchange. And mm-hmm. then Tom says, "I agree. We should have both got over it." And Barbara was like, "I I wasn't expecting you to say that you weren't over it either." And he was like, "Neither was I." I was like, "Tom." Get it back here, just like I'm. I am over it. I want you, Barbara. Yeah, yeah. Well, but also, like, oh, Tom's like, it's Tom. been a year and ten days. Like to Trixie later on. Yeah. To Trixie when later he's on. Yeah, yeah. He's like, if we're getting specific, it's been a year and ten days. Yeah. Well, he says, "I love him." So the Barbara and Tom bit. He's like, "I love and value every single minute and hour I spend with you." And she's like, "It's not enough, Tom. <laughs> not when it's causing pain to someone else, and not when it's causing pain to someone else." And but then he's like, "What?" I I don't think Trixie's problem is that she's not over Tom. I think it's that they've not been honest with her. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. right. I think that's exactly right. Well, Nurse Crane spies this tense exchange. Um, and she has a she's like, come on, we need to go back to work. 
And but then, she sees it after Trixie has already ridden past and seen yes. them as well. Yes. And she's getting very upset because she's like wiping away tears as she's like putting her bike away and then walking back into the house and everything. Yeah. And then Tom, after that weird exchange, I thought this was a weird line after this whole tense exchange. He's like, you really are the sweetest and loveliest girl in the world I've ever met. And she's like, I'm not. I'm 23 and I'm a nurse. <laughs> 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 and then she's like still crying and runs over to uh, Nurse Crane who's like, come on, get in the car, you go hurry up. And uh, she's like, I've got a hard boiled egg apiece. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it was a kind of tart or a creme uh, brulee co- tart. Coconut, co- coconut tart. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, oh my God, those two things do not go together. That's disgusting. <laughs> I would not want to eat a hard boiled egg and then a coconut tart right after it. Like, oh my God, barf. But okay, sure. <laughs> Like I guess but as we've, we've talked about this, but Tom and Trixie's paths keep crossing during this episode and during yeah. the Ian and Linda storyline. Yeah. And there was that point where they're at Ian and Linda's engagement party and Linda's dad has handed Trixie a glass of baby sham. Yeah. And Tom comes and he swaps it for an orange juice. But Tom Tom didn't... I don't think Tom knows about Trixie's alcohol problem, Nobody. does he? I don't think, I think maybe he suspects, but because he'll, he'll have experience with that kind of thing, but also he probably just wanted a drink because he was given an orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. So this, that was a deleted scene for us, but do you think it's more that he thought maybe she's still on duty and she can't drink? Well, she said she was in a uniform. Yeah. Oh, okay. He felt awkward about it and he was like, problem solved. Oh, well, okay. So he obviously well, didn't want an orange juice either. I mean, listen, you know a pastor can always be drinking. So, I mean, there isn't anything about that. Well, if you remember, yeah. Jen, not the, uh, not the, is it Baptist? Uh, Methodist, Methodist. Methodist, sorry, Methodist, sorry, everyone. Just... Yeah, yeah, but he's he's not a Methodist, so he can get he can get boozed up whenever he wants. I will say this was the first time I feel like we've seen Tom like actually actively ministering. You know what I mean? Like as I was watching this episode, yeah. I was like, oh, you know, he talks about it a lot, and he's gone on like <laughs> school field trips and all that kind of thing, and like off to see dead men and all that kind of stuff like that. But he doesn't really like <laughs> we haven't really like seen him do it. And this was like now I don't think he did that much in the grand scheme or whatever, but he was there and he was present and he was like really advocating and helping and all of that kind of thing. And I I did like seeing that or whatever. So yeah, yeah. I thought that was a nice difference. So there was another scene after they'd come back from this, and it was Tom saying, "I think it's time to let go." I think he was a bit harsh on Trixie on that. Wait, wait, wait. Just set the scene, though. It was after they'd saved Ian from the gas and after they dropped oh, off the, I thought it was after the after miscarriage. The yes, it was. And they were walking back to Poplar. They were walking back to Nanata's house and they were saying, oh, you know, they're going to break the engagement. But that's like, it's like a tough thing to break an engagement because it's, like, it's, a, it's your word of honor and all that kind of stuff. And Trixie was like, don't we know about that? And then and then go from there. Yeah. So that's what he's saying that. Well, you pretty much say, done. It was time to let go. I thought it was a bit harsh. And then I put, how is she holding on? But I don't think she is, Bex. I think you're right. I think. Yeah. And I think Trixie would have, I think the biggest betrayal in this is that then they've not been honest with Trixie. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was yeah, like, exactly. she, she was like, when you're with Barbara, do you ever want to kiss Barbara? And he's like, yeah, I have done at times. And I think he was really glib with the way he said it too. Unless she looked really shocked. Yeah. Girls, do you sometimes wonder, like, oh, I feel so mean saying this, but do you guys maybe sometimes wonder if the Jack Ashton is maybe not, I hate to say that maybe like the best actor? <laughs> like sometimes he's really good but sometimes he's kind of like a little like just a little like kind of like oh well yeah that is too bad you know what I mean and it's like I think he's great but I will say the first scene where you know the scene where the uh, dad of Linda uh, was yeah. uh, had Ian up against the wall and I feel yeah. like they started this scene a bit I think he's just started a millisecond too late going stop it now like it was just a bit too late <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also think it's a big pressure role it's quite yeah. a big deep storylines and also he's probably newer to it then well it's I definitely got is- better 
I guess I don't mean I I don't mean to say, he's a, he's a really good actor. He's a really really good actor. He wouldn't have been on the show if he wasn't a really good actor. But the thing that's tough is like he he's now been on the show for like a couple seasons, but he's come into this group that's like obviously been together for like over 5 years. This is their fifth season doing the show together. And like these women, I mean, like look, it's my opinion, but I think they're all absolutely stellar performers. Yeah. And like sometimes I feel like he's in scenes with some of them where it's like maybe the uh, his his like maybe the person he's in the scene with is just kind of like giving a little bit more and so maybe he's giving a lot but sometimes it just doesn't always seem yeah, like but also you've like- got to remember that when he's doing these scenes it's usually with people that he doesn't have a rapport with like he's only met ian and ian's dad that day you know yeah yeah it's exactly. not people who in are in the defense yeah. he was able to show demonstrate no chemistry whatsoever with trixie even though they've obviously got chemistry in real life true fact very good point but very good point but he does show chemistry with barbara who he's not with in real life sometimes that is a very works, good point. though that's actually kind of fascinating though because they always say that with casting and everything that like if you're not doing anything with your co-star and you like really don't have anything going on with them sometimes that's the best on-screen chemistry because there's that tension but then like when you start hooking up in real life then it kind of just zaps everything from like when you're acting together on film because there's like you've already kind of like burnt it out you know what i well, mean like, to be fair trixie and tom aren't aren't in real together in real life at this point well not yet but maybe they kind of like they're flirting with each other though i would imagine oh, they have to be having like a crush on each other well, they, they're know. going to the they're going to the the lunch they're going to lunch together yeah they're like they're standing next to they're each other sitting together on break line. yeah i don't gonna... wish to i don't wish to conjecture on this <laughs> So Trixie had food for thought about Tom and Barbara from from Linda and Ian. Yeah. So they'd had that big yeah. deep discussion. I think it was really good. They needed a bit of closure, and I think it was good, even though Tom was glib, like, "Yeah, I've snogged her. What and 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 what? What and?" <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Trixie does the really mature thing and goes to speak to Barbara. Which, let's be honest, we said it last week. Barbara should have done it to her. Well, wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute, sorry. We're just forgetting one thing that happens in between those two is that Trixie then goes back to care for Sadie's arm wound again because she's still got the burn. Yes. And then that's when Ian comes in with his like books and other stuff like that for university. And he's like, okay, I guess I am going to go. Um, but Linda has said like, well, let's break off the engagement, you know, and everything. And he's like, okay. And then he's like, she's like, you can have my engagement ring back because I know you pawned your dad's thing for this and da, da, da. And then there's a whole conversation about it. And then Trixie's like, oh, this is getting kind of serious. Like, I don't want to be in the middle of like a a family thing and then the mom goes no 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 no. this isn't going to turn into a whole drama like you stay right there and then the mom says you know like people like have to do what they want sometimes even if it isn't like the easy thing to do or like you know like the heart wants what the heart wants something like that basically she she said you can't stand in the way of what life wants yes exactly yeah and then that's when Trixie cuts back to going in to talk to Barbara when Phyllis and her are sitting there and Barbara's working on the fuzzy felt figures for the Sunday school. I know. Which and is so cute. Can I just say lot. Phyllis oh, did the so exact cute. opposite of what Bex would do. Phyllis <laughs> yeah. left the room and gave them no, privacy. No, I would left the room and I would have hovered outside the door. <laughs> you would have kept it open a crack and then stood Let's right be honest, Bex, yeah. if that was me and you sharing a room and I was Barbara, you'd still be sat there. You'd be like, come on in, sit down, I'll move over. And then, <laughs> and then Alex would have been like, oh, well, uh, oh. So, so basically everyone's laughing about the fact she's got all these, uh, you know, fuzzy felt apostles. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, Barbara, you're just so nice. And she's like, what if I'm not nice, Trixie? What if I'm thinking terrible things inside? Yeah. Also, she's not been nice to Trixie. She's not been honest with her. 
No. She's been a bit two-faced. Well, yeah. let's be, hang on, calm it down, I'm Barbara. The thing, the thing is, though, I really like that they, that they had Barbara say something like that two times because the thing is, Barbara does have kind of a reputation as like just this, you know, kind of like perfect, sweet, always, you know, amenable, like always, you know, has a smile on her face, like hardworking, like takes it on the chin all the time. Like she does kind of cultivate that as like her persona and she's much more multifaceted than that. Yeah. She's a- more than just kind of like a sweet, pretty, smiling face who well, always... Well, we've had history as well. You know, her dad cultivated that from her to become that kind of thing. They were like, this yeah. is my, not my daughter. Yeah, and she was like... And, and I think the, went to me, like the way she was saying it to Tom and then to Trixie was like, no, I'm a lot more than this. Like, give me credit. Don't just like reduce me to this kind of two-dimensional, like just like paper cutout of like a smiling girl or whatever. Like I have like a lot going on in here and like I don't want to just be seen that way. Like, you know, like I'm a I'm a person with depth and meaning and... I'm an adult. Yeah, 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 and like I want all the things that everybody wants. You know what I mean? He like, wants Tom. Yeah, and she's gonna get him like very shortly. Like those two are gonna be going at it. Ooh, well, yeah. we know what's we know what's coming. <laughs> we know what scene we're t- you know that. Anyways, we'll see, we'll see, but you know. But anyways, she yeah, she's she's a young woman. She has you know she's in the fullness of her life. Yeah, so her and Trixie kind of sort it out. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. It, it gives Trixie closure. Yeah, they they both yeah. kind of. And I think Trixie says something like, you know, oh, like, do you, like something like, do you want to be with Tom or whatever? And she's like, well, I do really like him and I would like to try and everything. And she's like, no, I think that's for the best. Like, you know, you guys deserve to give it a go. I mean, I can't remember exactly the scene is, but they they do kind of go forward. Like, you know, listen, our friendship is really what matters and we can still be friends even if you guys pursue a relationship. So. Yeah. And Trixie can say that, you know, they're made for each other. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, what happens? They go on a date. Barbara and Tom go back on a date because they <laughs> when they had that big fight about Barbara saying oh I didn't realize you Bex, both didn't want to say the wrong thing so just, <laughs> I was like what just happened the bl- listeners the blankest looks on the zoom call that I just got there but yeah they cut like Barbara and Tom had kind of broken up and so that date was kind of like them getting back together in a way you know and then going back out again so yeah it was to be yes. fair it was lovely and the start of something very special yeah Yes, indeed, yo. Love it. Okay, um, next up, should we do Sister Hildegard? Yes. yes. Okay, so listeners, so as we know, and we didn't talk about it that much in the episode, but as we know, the uh, Nanatans are celebrating their kind of like namesake sister, Sister Hildegard, who was the first nun to come to Poplar to serve the community there. She took her name from St. Hildegard of Bingen, which Cynthia then referenced at the end of the episode in the speech that she made in um, Chapel, to everyone you know on the show and everything and so my mom like you know um, friend of the pod and big fan and also super fan of call the midwife is also she's she's very well read you know lady and i knew she knew a lot about saint hildegard of bing in the original one and so i asked her to put something together and so i wanted to share a few little bon mots about saint hildegard by the way thank you jen's mom this is amazing yes because one of my questions was why was sister mary cynthia so like caught up in sister hildegard's commemoration yeah yeah and i i've heard about i've heard about saint hildegard from my mom before but i didn't really know so i asked her to do this so that we could all kind of like learn a little bit more together so i'll just read some some you know things about her and then i'll also read a few quotes that you know are especially special okay saint hildegard of bingen she lived in the rhineland of germany in the 12th century and she died at age 82 which is really long for the 12th century. That is, that is old. Yeah. Never believe it, but Yeah, she was a Benedictine <laughs> abbess and polymath. Respect, please, for Sister B- Hildegard. 
Um, she was a Benedictine abbess and polymath, which meant she was a writer, composer, a visionary, a preacher, and a medical practitioner. So even a history of medicine, even in those, those times, um, way, way back then. She created her own abbey, her own language, went on preaching tours, and when to do so, put herself at risk of death for being a heretic, because at that time, no women were allowed to preach. So, you know, feminist, okay? Um, her music is still performed in concerts, not in church, because it is so flexible. It's not only religious music. 14 recordings of the same piece all sound different as she left interpretive freedom to those who perform it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, this fact I love. She's called the patron saint of late bloomers because so much productivity for her ap happened after age 40 with several career renewals. Oh, girls, this is our patron saint. This oh, is my ours. Yeah, I love that fact. I love her. Oh my gosh. Now, like whenever I do something new, I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm St. Hildegarding. Yeah. Um, okay. Insights from her medical books, Physica and Causes and Cures hold up today. I'm not going to, she's in a badass. I'm loving it. Oh my God. Yes. Do you guys think maybe, I don't, I don't know if this is the right book, but do you remember when Sister Monica Joan pulled the book out from like, God knows where to discover the salt on the brow for the cystic fibrosis? Yeah. <laughs> do you think, do you think, are we like, are our minds being blown right now? Okay. Um, a biographer asked about her now regular references in popular popular media said, quote, there are many ways she's a good role model. She created what she believed in. She didn't let restrictions stop her when TV took to her as a popular inspiration. That's terrific. Do we love? Okay. That's amazing. Now, here, here's some here's some quotes for you from sister from St. Hildegard. Declare who you are. The path is not long, but the way is deep. Not only walk, be prepared to leap. That sounds a bit Yoda-ish. I feel like Star Wars have got Yoda's wisdom. I from. know, I know. Okay, a world interpreted by others is not a home. Part of the terror is to take back our own listening, use our own voice, see our own light. That sounds like Sister Evangelina from the last week's episode when she was like, yeah. I need to kind of like, like listen to myself that sounds better. sounds like Yoda to me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Humanity, take a good look at yourself. Inside, you've got heaven and earth, all of creation. You are a world. Everything is hidden in you. Oh, I'm loving her. Okay. The truly holy person welcomes all that is earthly. I welcome all the beings of the world with grace. Wow. Her stuff is like aging so well, you guys. Okay. The earth which sustains humanity must not be injured. It must not be destroyed. I mean, she's an environmentalist. She's basically Greta Thunberg like 100,000 yeah. years ago. Okay, last one. And this one you guys will know because you'll know it. God hugs you. You are encircled by the arms of the mystery of God. That's what Cynthia says at the last part of the... Well, I did love how special the whole Sister Hildegard. Obviously, it was her first time. It made her feel yeah. really special. It was her first time as a nun. I thought yeah. that was so lovely. Also, did we see hashtag recall for Compline? Did you see yes. the, the Compline nuns? I saw the Compline nuns. I very much noticed them this time. Yes, exactly. But mm. now I totally understand Sister Mary Cynthia's aura of Sister Hildegard. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm, cool I, I, I love the God hugs you part. I just, I don't yeah. know. It's just so sweet when she said that when she looked at Sister Julianne. And, oh, anyways. Well, that, that I, I, I'm grateful that you gave me the chance to do that little explainer. Thank well, you. Well, hero and heroes and zeros. But I just want to say a quick, massive hero to your mom. Thank you so much for that. Yes. yes. We love you. Okay. Okay. Heroes and zeros of the week. So very quickly, my zero is going to be Barbara because I think she should have told Trixie sooner. Yeah. She was trying to be nice, but actually she was being far from it. That's your um, zero. Okay. Yeah. 
So Barbara's my zero. My hero is going to be Tom because, mm. but not when it comes to Barbara or Trixie, but when it came to Ian, because he was the only one who actually realised the impact that Linda's pregnancy had on Ian and everything that he was giving up. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh. Okay. My zero this week, Ian. Yeah. Um, zero was Ian. Okay. Yeah. I don't necessarily think he was. I do think he was a bit harsh on Linda with his reaction, but I do get it was very life changing. But the only reason, really, that he's at zero is because he sat on the floor in the toilet. It was the most disgusting thing I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally why. And my oh. hero this week is Delia because she waited up for Patsy and she'd never, ever. Had anyone wait up for her ever? And she oh. made her a hot born Vita with whiskey in. So my hero is yeah. Delia. I'd love that. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay, my zero is the situation that Ruby Cottingham was in and the loss of her sweet baby because it's starting to become a trend and it's really tragic. And I know Dr. Turner and Sheila are trying to figure it out, but that whole storyline just made me so, so sad. And it, I so that's my zero obviously it's just terrible but then my hero on the flip side is how sister Julianne handled it because it's it was incredibly hard and I felt like she really you know both rose to the occasion of her own instinct when she went into the sluice room but then she also asked for advice and counsel from her sisters and then took it and then was able to provide comfort to Ruby in the aftermath and I mean you guys know I just love sister Julianne so She's my hero. She was amazing. To be fair, there's so many different ones this week. Again, oh, we there's a lot. About, there's yeah. a lot. I mean, we could choose. We could choose all like all over again and pick different ones. Now, be... really quick, we've got just a minute to go. I want to just do a few messages really quick. So Tina on Facebook mm-hmm. has said, Jen, I'm curious <laughs> about the deleted scenes. I watch on Netflix and get the deleted scenes. Some of them, at least. I knew they were talking about with the travel at the funeral and with the daffodils. There must be a difference between different subscriptions and maybe PBS. I watch both. Oh. That's what she says. I don't. I only watch BBC. I'd be curious what country she's in because I think she might be right. There might be different. Yeah. Different so she just yeah. did a deep dive on Netflix. It's so confusing. Some I know and have memory problems of, and others I have no idea. I'm struggling with a newer ending back problem, complete with mobility issues. What a delight to finish my two week deep dive into one of my favorite worlds with meeting new friends. I oh, find myself talking on. back. Thanks. Well, oh, Tina, we're actually talking friends. to you. We are talking to you right now, Tina. So thank you so much for listening. Tina's our friend. Yeah. Now, another one, Bonnie on Facebook said, Connie was using a nipple shield to draw her nipples out. I have inverted nipples and attempted to use these shields when I had my daughter 15 years ago. Yeah. Breastfeeding was incredibly difficult. The first two weeks of my daughter's life were miserable, both for me and her. The only advice assistant I got was to keep trying and it was best for the baby. The day I packed up the breast pump and started formula was a relief. Bless you. Yeah. The message Amen. should be fed is best and not laying the guilt if it formula is the best option for whatever reason. Amen, sister. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And just one more quick, Julie says, Julie Coates says, your daughter is certainly getting an interesting education, Alex, watching, walking in while you're watching episodes. You should absolutely have a make a guest appearance. <laughs> oh my God, we should, we should. Yeah, so yeah, but, uh, so yeah, so next week we are doing series five, episode five. See you then. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.